Okay, okay, everyone, welcome to this Twitter space around uh, what, uh, basically, how to arbitrage all the D tokens out. But I think the most important one is uh, DUSD, um, getting the DUSD rate to $1. Um, that's going to be the entire discussion. I hope um, that many of you really join the discussion here. One important thing in all of this is going to be that, uh, let me just invite Baltasar as well, um, that those of you that want to speak, that you ask to become a speaker. Um, however, please understand, we will only unmute you if we, we don't need to know you in person, but uh, that you have interacted with us before. Um, otherwise, um, just always a bit uh, random um, and then we don't really know uh, what's going to happen. But obviously, if you have been interacting with us before, then it uh, would be really nice if you unmute and to kind of share a bit of your opinion on all this. Um, to set the stage in all of that, maybe to start um, for those that are not 100% on the topic or to know what's happening. So these decentralized assets, they are created by a reference price to an asset. For example, in order to create the Tesla, you need to use a reference price of Tesla. It's the so-called Oracle price. Uh, for DUSD, the reference price is two USD, which is one. And then this is how these decentralized assets or uh, short form uh, D tokens are being created. And then these D tokens can be put into liquidity mining or you can hold them. Uh, you don't have to put them into liquidity mining, but uh, that's kind of the entire flow and form around this. And then on the DEX, um, there's a free price mechanism. I also want to highlight, it is important to have a free price mechanism on the decentralized exchange. If there is a clear algo or a clear mechanism to tie the reference price of an asset, for example, of Tesla, to the DEX, and then on the DEX, there's some mechanism that ties the Tesla one-on-one -on -one to te uh, of the Tesla to Tesla, actually the Tesla would be seen the same as Tesla, which is a security. And that would make it quite tricky for these decentralized assets to be seen as digital payment tokens or similar how Bitcoin or Ethereum is seen and would rather be seen as a security. So this free price mechanism is very important. It is actually important that those uh, decentralized assets fluctuate in price um, that there's no clear pegging to the actual reference price that's being used to create those decentralized assets. So I just want to highlight that. And so, but at the same time, what you also don't want is that these decentralized assets deviate in price very in an extreme way. And so we are seeing this at the moment. We're seeing, for example, that most of these decentralized assets trade about 25 to 30% above an Oracle price that is needed for the reference price. And I want to explain the reason why this is. And it comes down to this concept of backing. So something being backed. Um, most people, when they talk about that something is being backed, they think about gold like backing money. And then money is not fiat because fiat is not backed by gold. But in, if you actually believe, if, if you have like strong economic belief systems, then you understand that actually everything is backed purely by utility. It's not backed by anything else. 
um, a, a backing of something has to, at the end, be backed by utility, and that utility has to be rare, and that utility has to be rare for as many people as possible. That is where true value comes from, and that's where backing is coming from. So when we talk about money being backed by gold or gold being an actual form of money, then or, or saying that Bitcoin is not backed by anything, that's absolute BS. None of that is correct. At the end, backing comes down to utility that's rare and that's being accepted by a lot of people. The reason why people say this about gold is because people over the time of thousands of years just realized that gold is rare. There is a, a, a certain utility to that type of metal. And over generations across civilizations, people have understood what the utility of that is, even though you don't really have a utility of using it aside of that. Yes, you have a little bit of jewelry and you have a little bit in the, in the industry, but that's kind of it, right? But that's where this backing concept comes from. And so when we talk about, for example, in Tether, right, where people criticize, is the dollar that's out there in the crypto space actually backed by, like the Tether, right? Is that actually backed by dollars? That's an entire kind of story. Um, what you need to understand, it's not only the backing by dollars, it's basically backing by utility. And so to be really frank, right, the tether in the entire crypto ecosystem have more utility than actual dollars, especially for crypto people, right? So in theory, um, there is actually an overbacking if you think about this, because the utility of tether in the ecosystem is actually higher than outside. Now, why this is relevant is because people have a bit of this belief that decentralized assets are actually backed one-on-one -on -one or something by cryptocurrencies. But it is actually not entirely the case. It's backed by the utility that you get in return. And if you consider decentralized assets utility, you actually have three utilities. The first one, you can redeem them in loans that are created by cryptocurrencies, right? So that's the first kind of utility. The second one, um, you can either use them to get a long price exposure or a short price exposure. And the third one is you get liquidity rewards. And that explains that because the backing in crypto is 100%, that the price trades at over 100%. So it trades at 130% because that is the additional premium that people put in in owning these decentralized assets. Now, in general markets, right? This entire premium normally gets arbitraged out via a price. But because with decentralized assets, you cannot arbitrage, for example, the Tesla out to actual Tesla because that doesn't work because it's a completely different asset if you compare it. Or DUSD, you cannot arbitrage it out to dollars. You need to have some kind of different way of arbitraging these decentralized assets. And so that was a bit of a question that I posted um, and I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding at first because people thought that uh, Yuzin or myself want to come and we have the perfect solution and everyone just has to eat it and uh, it doesn't matter if you, if, if, if you believe in this or not. And um, we posted this initial suggestion of having a funding rate. Um, a funding rate basically says if the price for DUSD, for example, is... Uh, uh, higher on the decks than in the loans, then the loans become get an incentive where it actually makes it more attractive to mint more decentralized assets in the loan because you're actually being incentivized to print them. Um, and then if the price on the decks goes down, there's a uh, an, an interest fee in the in the in the loans to kind of require people to pay it back. Right, that's more of the funding rate. 
And that was the original idea. That was an original suggestion. Some people liked that suggestion. I initially thought it was the best solution, but over time, and that was really good, there were more and more great suggestions from people. I want to highlight a bit of the five suggestions I've seen. I want to just give a bit of an overview. I made a Twitter uh, thread around this, and then I would actually love to have a bit of a discussion around this. Um, I have uh, asked Lord Mark to share a bit. I've asked Balthasar to share a bit. Balthasar had one of the suggestions that I thought was the best suggestion after getting all these ideas. I want to be open. Balthasar has actually voiced concerns about his own idea, and he's going to voice these concerns, right? So what I want to point out here is that I think so far no suggestion is the perfect, it's going to solve all the issues out there suggestion, right? And I've seen massive discussions on, on Discord channels and Telegram channels and on Twitter. And that is what, in my opinion, a great community is all about. It's about not being crypto space, it's I have an idea and mine is the best and I don't accept any other suggestions because mine is the best idea. But actually that's how really bad ideas are born and that's how more like cults are born. Uh, but really great decision making comes from people throwing an idea, trying to pick it apart, saying, hey, you know what, what is, let me know what, what do you think is wrong about this idea and finding all the things that are wrong and then understanding how can you improve on that, right? And I think that's what really good decision making and really good kind of um, yeah, conceptualization is all about. So I'm just going to talk about the five ideas that I have seen. I'm going to give a bit of my opinion on it. And then I would love to see a bit on other, other opinion, other suggestions. So the first one was actually the one that uh, Yuzin had put out that I initially also thought was the best one. Again, I changed my opinion on that. I'm going to explain that. That's the funding rate. Um, the reason why I kind of shifted away a bit from the funding rate is it's technically relatively complex also from... Um, a risk standpoint, could it be gained? Could it be, could it, could it be kind of um, used a bit in a, in a bad way? And also a funding rate is not something that would have an immediate impact because like incentivizing the loans or penalizing the loans always takes a little bit of time. So it wouldn't necessarily arbitrage everything out right away. Um, a similar kind of uh, incentive strategy would be um, to have like special minting rewards for these loans, right? Um, and I know, I think uh, the Miro protocol kind of goes a bit into this route where it, it creates like shorting tokens and it uses some of the rewards um, that are normally used for liquidity mining for those, uh, for those loans. Um, again, to me, it goes in a very similar kind of uh, route. Um, again, I, it's definitely a bit more technically complex. So if we go for that route as a community, um, this is definitely something that we probably wouldn't have within a couple of days. This will probably take a couple of weeks with solid testing. And I would really encourage you to do a lot, a lot of testing. Um, so just to kind of put like a couple of weeks to that timeline, right? Um, so this is like option one, option two. Option three was having special arbitrage pools. Um, one idea would be, for example, to have a USDC um, DUSD pool. Um, Pickle.finance had that on Ethereum where you could arbitrage stable coins against each other. And the way it was kind of uh, like kind of arbitraged was that the side that was less popular would get the reward. So there would be a higher incentive to add that side to the pool and not the other side. And so that way you would always arbitrage the pools out. Um, so like that would be kind of the, the ways it would be a special arbitrage pool. You could do it in any kind of way, but basically you would incentivize the person who would do the less favorable thing and you give them an additional incentive and an additional reward. So that would be a, a, a nice way. Would be definitely a bit more complex. I think that would be more complex than all the other solutions because you would really have to have a really good algo. 
Um, another suggestion, I think Daniel Kagara was someone who like was very vocal about this, but many, many others would be to have uh, vaults that would only have 100% of collateral. Um, obviously, that would help creating a lot, a lot of uh, cheap loans. Some people even suggested to use uh, USDT or USDC as 100% and like make these loans not being able to liquidate. My suggestion on and my feedback on all this and the reason why I would probably vote against that uh, would simply be that, man, uh, suddenly we're using USDC and USDT as 100% for these vaults. So suddenly we're trusting like centralized companies in the US, right, for all that. Um, and then, I, yeah. Uh, and that would solve it only for USD, uh, for DUSD. It wouldn't solve it for any of the other D tokens. Um, and then all these ideas, right, ha have merit. Some are a bit technically more complex, take a little bit longer. Maybe have to, ha like, you really have to think the game series through. Um, but I mean, all of them have merits, right? None of them are bad ideas. Um, I, I think these are just personal thoughts I'm adding there. And, and there was a vote on Twitter and, and some of these uh, ideas have really great suggestions and, and great feedback. Um, Personally, right? The suggestion I thought was the best um, because it immediately solves something. It adds a lot of value to DFI. Um, it could actually work quite well. Was the concept of when paying back a loan that uh, you could either use the D token to pay it back, which is what's already happening, or you could also pay back the loan with DFI. So you could do it either or. So both would work. And um, yeah, so that would be the, the, the idea here would be that suddenly you would actually allow the DFI price to arbitrage the vaults. So it would actually be DFI that's actually arbitraging the vaults. Uh, Balthazar was the person, I think many people suggested it, but Balthazar was the person who really explained this in great detail. I want to highlight there because Balthazar, I would love him to then share a bit of his idea, is also skeptical of his own idea. I think that's a really, really good sign, right? It's a good sign to actually have some skepticism around your own idea because that shows that you're not just blind about your own ideas and all you care about is being right. Uh, it really shows that he cares or we all should care about making the right decision, not about it being our own idea, but actually getting to the right decision. I think that's the key thing. And um, he's going to share a bit on this, but the main fear, and actually most of the, of, the, of the solutions actually have that a bit, is that whenever you allow loans with additional incentives or also with a payback by DFI, that when you do this, that the issue is that you create D tokens that are not corresponding to any loans. So some people call this that they are uncollateralized. Um, but it's actually not correct. Um, they are still collateralized by the other use cases or backed by the other use cases, right? By either shorting or longing the, the token or by the liquidity mining rewards. But this could be a, a, a fear and it could lead to people actually not wanting to open new vaults because they're like, man, um, I can buy these D tokens so much cheaper on the DEX, which would, I mean, it would push up the price, but this would be a, a definite kind of risk a bit. Some counter to that, and I want to throw this in, and then I want to have a bit of a discussion, um, would be that you could do two things. First of all, you could require people, for example, if you wanted to do it in DFI, that uh, people would uh, have to pay back a little bit more in DFI. For example, you could say you have to pay back 1% more, right? So if you, like, the, in order to pay back um, the, the, um, the, 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 the loan collateral in DFI, there is a, a small penalty, for example, 1% or 2% um, of, uh, of, of the entire, um, of the entire um, of, of the Oracle price, right? So 
Um, that way you would always have an incentive depending on where it is to actually buy, to pay back the loan in actual D tokens. So that would all, always cause some, um, some kind of buying pressure of D tokens on the decks. So not some, not people couldn't just open the, the, the loans. The other solution would be to charge at the moment, there's already a 0.2% DEX fee. Um, and that fee is being paid out to the liquidity miners. You could say, you know what, uh, listen, guys, you're not getting 0.2% anymore. You're getting 0.1%. It's just a little bit less, but we could use this 0.1% to actually buy back the T tokens from the decks and then burn them. That would also co cause a constant kind of buying pressure on the decks. Um, on, on, and, and at the end, that's what you want, because then what would happen is if the D tokens are way too expensive, people would mint them like crazy. If they are too cheap, they automatically get bought back simply because the loans, uh, closing the loans would not be um, as profitable anymore. Um, it would, it, you, would, you would stop as soon as the, the price gets too close to, to the Oracle price and there would be a constant buying pressure on the deck. So these are a bit of the ideas just to kind of set the stage as an intro. Um, so it's either the funding rate, it's special minting rewards, it's special arbitrage pools, it's 100% uh, vaults, or it is to be able to pay back in DFI and then these DFI would get burned which again was my uh, preferred suggestion, but that's kind of a bit of the overview. Um, and with that, um, we also have uh, Prasanna in the call from that from a technical aspect, and I would love to have him also share a bit of the thoughts. And we have really a lot, a lot of people here that I think is going to get quite interesting. But um, I think first and foremost, um, I don't know, either Lord Mark or Balthasar, do you want to speak first and then kind of uh, take it from there a bit? Okay. Hey, Julian. Awesome. Thank thanks for the great intro. I think uh, a lot of very good suggestions. The last days have been super, super exciting. And uh, I was really talking with a lot of people out there, a lot of people of the community and discussing ideas because everybody at the beginning, everybody had the idea of what's the smartest theory and what's the smartest approach to the new product. And then we really, really quickly saw that these premiums caused a lot of people headache. And a lot of people saw it kind of as a hindering thing. How... and I think everybody is very well aware that we have to get rid of these premiums or these imbalances of the pools pretty quickly. And I think I've been talking to everyone who had one of these awesome ideas over the last days. And there are so many good ideas in, in, in any of these suggestions, I think. So there was really none who stood really out. I think at the end of the day, I have the feeling we need a solution that is quick in some way so that we don't waste too long time to implement it. And that is simple. And I think the simplicity, like you said, Julian, is really super important that we, first of all, don't open us up for new attack surfaces. That is really easy to understand. And it gives the community and the investors, and especially new investors that we need, a lot of confidence in the stability of the system. And that's why I really felt kind of in love with Balthasar's idea. And I had long discussions with him today. And like I said, he had this idea and then we said, no, but maybe it's not really working and there's a problem. And so I'm super, super happy that we can brainstorm today. And I think we should really use the crowd intelligence of the community. And I'm stoked. I think we have about 500 people here and I really have high expectations that we get closer to a solution. And that's it for, for me at the beginning. I think I would really love to hand over to Balthasar and talk a little bit uh, about his suggestion and also be very open, Balthasar, what was actually our main concern that we had. But I think we have a solution for that already. But let's see what others think. And yeah, please contribute and help to solve these things as quick as possible. 
Well, thanks for the lovely introduction to both of you. And I just want to highlight as well that I'm very happy that we are having this discussion. And I'm specifically happy that we are having it live on Twitter, because in my opinion, the, the true power of a or of true decentralization is always having an approach where you kind of combine everyone's opinion, because everybody kind of can have a good idea. And when you are open and you listen to everyone's idea, you have um, you can kind of make sure that you will have the best idea implemented. And that's the, the true power of decentralization, like Hayek outlined it. And I just think this is so powerful. And this is what makes me so proud and so happy to be involved in DeFi chain because of this part of decentralization. So we all know this problem. It is kind of difficult and nasty to see that we are having those premiums. But I think Julian outlined as well that it is just, um, it is because of the utility and because of the value. And therefore right now people are, people want to pay more in order to use the token for the liquidity mining. And now the question is, how can we get rid of this premium? Because if we want to get new people involved, if we want to get to the point where as well people start actively trading and not just liquidity mine our tokens, we need to get rid of the premium. And the idea is, what if we can add extra value to DFI by allowing every vault to be closed with DFI. That means I can right now open a vault with 150% um, collateralization and I can close it by not repaying the actual token I minted. Let's just say that I minted DUSD and normally I would have to repay DUSD in order to close the loan. But in this idea, what we would do is we would allow the loan to be closed by DFI, by paying DFI. And the big advantage of this idea is that the premium would disappear very, very fast because right now I could mint DUSD, I could immediately sell them and get DFI for cheap. And then I could use the DFI to pay back the loan and I would make a difference. So you can arbitrage very efficiently and therefore the premium would disappear. So this is the big advantage of the solution that I think as well from a technical point of view, it is very easy to be implemented. You just allow every loan to be, or you can as well differentiate if you allow every loan to be closed with DFI or if you only allow the DUSD loan to be closed by DFI. Um, I just want to highlight one concern that I had and I think we found a solution and I think we're going to discuss it and I'm very happy to discuss it. But the only concern I have with this solution is that you're kind of devaluating the DUSD because when you use 150% value of crypto to create a token and then you pay back this with DFI, you're getting 
it kind of backed by 100%, or you can as well say that it isn't backed at all because you just burned a DFI. And there comes the value proposition for DFI that way more DFI is burned, but you sort of accumulate more tokens that are either backed, not backed by anything at all, or backed by DFI, which is burned, depending on how you see it. And of course, there you have an issue. But I think we found a solution to that. And I, I suppose, Julian, you can just explain how we can address that topic. Um, yeah, sure. I, I maybe just want to highlight one thing, right? On USD, it wouldn't be as problematic in pegging DUSD to USD. So we could also have two different solutions for USD and DUSD versus the other D tokens. The other T tokens, simply because the reference price in the real world, Tesla, S&P 500, MSCI world. Um, okay, let's not talk about the commodities because there's a total different story again. But all these other, like the reference prices to the, like, uh, to like Tesla, it is actually a security. And the regulator might say, it doesn't matter what you guys say it's kind of based on and that it's totally decentralized. If, if it like quacks like a duck, if it moves like a duck, it is a duck. So even if something is not backed by Tesla, but if that thing completely mirrors the price movement of Tesla, it is Tesla and it becomes a security. So in, 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 in the dollar world, this is not that important or not that relevant because at the moment, at this very moment, um, this may change, right? Um, most regulators around the world don't treat stable coins, be it algorithmically backed or be it like actual dollar backed as any different than uh, any other cryptocurrency. Now that may change, right? And then the blockchain would have to be nimble and would have to adjust, but we could use a different, or let's say a more accurate pricing mechanism for DUSD than we would use for all the other D tokens. So on the other D tokens, it would be important that there would be some fluctuation, which is also interesting for arbitrageurs, right? But it would actually be really good to have some where on for DUSD, which is actually the one that's the most relevant because it always stays at one, if you're honest, right? But if you look at Tesla or you look at the MSCI world, I mean, these things move on a, on a regular basis, right? So it's not that critical um, where on if you ever buy, let's say, a dollar for a dollar and five cent, um, if you don't have an arbitrage opportunity, you will always lose five cent unless there's an arbitrage opportunity, right? Or as long as it always stays at a dollar and five cent. But if it were ever to, like, if you buy in the real world, a dollar for a dollar and five cent, you know that you actually lost five cent. So only in the crypto space where there's a missing arbitrage opportunity, um, you, you, you would not lose that. So I also want to highlight that part of it. Um, just to kind of clarify the security kind of related risks uh, for any kind of D token other than DUSD. Um, but I, I think in general, any kind of possibility to, to for arbitrage um, can be used. Um, I think on DUSD, it should just it, it could easily be used um, a bit stricter. Um, obviously, a big concern, and Balthasar mentioned that, is in general with these ideas, right? Is if you create a lot of D tokens that are not backed by loans. Um, that are backed by the utility in the ecosystem. So um, at the moment, you can calculate this. Let's say we would use a suggestion where you could pay back with DFI. You could put some premium in. I can discuss the premium and the ideas of the premium, but you could put some premium in, but let's just say there's no premium. Then in, in theory, in an ideal world, right, if everyone would be a machine, um, 
all the loans would be liquid, like would be closed um, with DFI right now. It would burn about 6 million DFI. And then we would have around 25% of the D tokens left over. And they would not be corresponding to any loans. So you wouldn't need those D tokens to close any loan. So the big question then is, well, um, what actually happens, right? And so these D tokens would have to have some utility in the ecosystem because otherwise, if you don't need them to pay back the loans, what do you use them for? Sure, you can invest into them, but how would the price ever go up um, if you don't need them for uh, a risk of liquidation, right? And so the the idea behind, like how would you actually get the price up, right? Would actually be by, on the one hand, um, putting in some premium on paying back the loan that would, for example, not allow people to fully arbitrage by, for example, printing a thousand uh, DUSD in the Oracle, then selling them on the decks for a slightly higher price, selling them for DFI, and then using the DFI to close the loan because you would all, always have a little bit of leftover that you couldn't use for the arbitrage because there's always a little bit that you have to pay back more. And you could also, for example, have a fee on the DEX, um, for example, for 0.1%. So that even if there's no loans out there, over time, simply by usage, the D tokens would like get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller because those fees would simply burn. So that would be a general kind of suggestion. Um, a suggestion that DC had um, also, uh, that he posted was, especially for DUSD, that would make DUSD very powerful. You couldn't do this for the other D tokens, but for DUSD, for example, to always allow DUSD into the vaults. Um, in theory, you could do it for the other D tokens as well, but that again makes it very risky from a security perspective. So I wouldn't go that route. But again, I'm just one of the community members. It's just my personal idea on this, having talked to many lawyers around the world uh, around this topic. But for DUSD, you could do this that people would be allowed to put DUSD into the vaults at 99% of the Oracle price. So that would mean you would always put it in at $1 uh, at 99 cents. Um, so that would be the, the, and so you would always have a, a bottom for DUSD, which is 99 cents, and you would always have an upper limit and that's simply the arbitrage. So let's say DUSD would move between 99 cents and a dollar and one cent. So that would be the, the approximate kind of price movement. So that would be for DUSD and you could remove that that floor of 99% for the other D tokens. I wouldn't put that in. I think I simply think that's too risky from a security perspective. Um, but having that right as a, as a model would at least really make DUSD stable against dollar. And for the other D tokens, they would be a bit more free moving, which also is something you would actually want um, because that would actually take it away from the, from the clear security model. And I also want to highlight like, a share or a, a commodity or something that generally moves by 5%. If you have a D token that is off by a couple of percent, um, it's actually not that big of a deal. Um, you might actually still get a very good price later on if the Oracle moves the other way, for example. So um, yeah, the, these, are, these were just a couple of ideas here um, to kind of address that. Um, yeah, I wanted to put those thoughts in. Um, Balthazar, did I mention most of those things or is there anything that you feel we left out in that discussion a bit yeah it's perfect so what would happen is that we would slowly but surely reduce the amount of d tokens because they get burned over time and even though it might not look too significant in the first place on the long run it will be indeed significant then there is an additional thing that just imagine there is too many DUSD or there's too many D tokens in general, and therefore they trade as a, or at a discount. You can always 
buy them back at the discount, or maybe not you, but let's just assume that I made a, I minted some Tesla, like I did a couple of weeks ago. And then at some point I realized, oh, Tesla is actually trading at a discount on the decentralized exchange. And then what I can do is, and let's just assume it trades at a discount because we kind of inflated it in the first place, what we've just been discussing. Then those people who minted Tesla, they can buy, buy it back at a discount and then they can get it for cheap and return it. So I think in general, this can be a really good idea. The only thing that I kind of wonder is to what extent people like how many D tokens will be inflated. And I just wonder if there's a way of having an idea so we can kind of put this into perspective. Mm. Yeah, good question. Uh, before we go there, Ryan, um, you asked to speak. Are, are there any comments, feedback, suggestions that you have? Uh, sorry, it was a mistake. Sorry, Sam. Ah, no problem. Sorry. Um, no problem. No, I think I, I think a very important point is I think the, this discussion about backing, I think that's a very important one. I think that's very misleading, right? But you addressed it very well that the backing is doesn't have to be by a cryptocurrency or by fiat or whatever. It's really the utility. I think that's that's one of the biggest mistakes or thoughts that we have that we say, Oh, what happens? Holy moly, if the DFI get burned, there's nothing behind it anymore. And I think that caused us the most headache thinking about the solution. But that this is now kind of clear that the utility in some ways, the backing, I think this issue doesn't occur anymore. At but I mean, I me, also, fine. And, and I know people always complain that I interrupt you and you interrupt me, but that's our, our style. Yeah, we, are, yeah, we, 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 we talk a lot, uh, so like that's very normal. <laughs> I, I want to throw one thing in here. Uh, Balthasar mentioned that. Um, there is some utility actually in the burning, right? So the, the DFI burning, that's actually a very interesting and strong model. And I want to highlight one thing also. For those of you that are then worried that, for example, people will only open loans um, in order to arbitrage everything out and then close them right away again. And so there will be no loans open. You could easily bypass that problem by putting in a, a small premium if you want to uh, pay it back with uh, DFI, for example. Um, so you could say, you know what, there's like a 2% premium, for example, or 1% premium. And then what happens is um, you will always have a certain amount of front running from people. So they will not be able to only open a loan when the actual arbitrage happens. So they will have to open it a bit earlier because there will constantly be a front running. So there will be always be people who will say, you know what, I'm going to actually like time that. So I see the price is slowly moving up. You know what? Now it's hitting like it, it's like at 1% like over the Oracle price. I cannot close it yet with DFI because if I do this with DFI right now, I will actually slightly lose it because like there's a 1% or 2% premium in it. Plus I pay the DEX fee. So I can't yet open it. But if I'm too slow, someone else is going to do it. And then the concept, and you may know this from like Warren Buffett, um, is this concept of so-called float. Float then happens where... Um, in theory, all the loans would always be closed. It's the same in insurance business. An insurance business gets premiums from its customers, and it actually uses those premiums to pay back all the claims. And in theory, most of those insurances, yeah, sure, the premium should be a little bit more than the, the claims out there. And it's actually the same with the loans, right? The loans always with the interest, the loans actually should be slightly more than the tokens that are out there because of the interest in the loans. 
But in, in most insurances, this is actually not enough. So what uh, Warren Buffett especially has learned is um, there's always a time difference, right, between creating, so basically the premium coming in or the loan being opened, and when then the loan is being closed, or in Warren Buffett's term, when the premium is actually used to pay for the claim. There's always a time difference. And so if you can use that money, and that money is called float, if you can use that float efficiently in investing, and Warren Buffett has become the master, you can actually make tons of money, as you have seen with him, multi-multi-multi-billionaire. Uh, and in DeFi Chain's example, what I would assume is there's actually a float starting of loans being opened and loans being closed. It's very unlikely to me that there will never be any loans opened if you have a small premium paying back DFI and if you have a DEX fee, because then there's constant friction for the arbitrages. So the arbitrages have to always wait a bit. And if they wait until they're 100% sure, it's just like in any arbitrage opportunity, then you're too late because you will always have someone who's willing to take a little bit more risk, right? And so that way you will get this float. And I think that can be a very, very powerful mechanism in the entire kind of uh, uh, ecosystem here. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of explain that. Santiago, you also unmuted yourself. Thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, actually, thank you very much, guys, for thinking out those ideas. I think uh, you've done a really great job on this. Um, I I actually need to need to admit that I need more time to think about the, the different approaches. I think uh, it's pretty tough to say within 30 minutes of listening which decision would be the best, right? Um, I'm wondering, do you have any plans for testing this before really integrating it on mainnet? Um. I mean, I don't know, Prasanna, uh, maybe you want to unmute yourself. Maybe talk a bit about the technical um, abilities, which of the solutions. And I mean, we've discussed a lot of the options also with like the core developers and a lot of the people. Which of the solutions, be it being able to pay back in DFI or the funding rate or special arbitrage pools, uh, which ones from a technical aspect would you feel is the easiest one from a technical perspective? How long, even with some safety buffer and some testing, how long would this take from a technical perspective? And then obviously on top of that, and I'm not sure how realistic this could ever be tested on a test net, right? But what would this mean from a game theoretical standpoint? Um, because again, I'm just not sure this can ever be properly simulated. Um, I think a lot of the technical aspects can, but I think the game theory behind it, um, I think that's very, very tricky and very difficult. Um, which of those solutions is the best? But uh, Prasanna, from a technical difficulty level, which do you feel like is the easiest to implement? Thanks, Julian. Uh, yeah, I, I think you were sort of spot on when, with the game theory aspect. Uh, but just backtracking a little bit, uh, having uh, gone through a lot of these wonderful ideas, I think uh, one of the things that I loved the most uh, looking at the technical aspect was uh, the one that Balthasar came up with uh, or actively discussed. So one of the beauties about that idea is that I think that's going to be the fastest for us to implement because all we'll have to do is uh, just change the payback mechanism, which in fact, you know, we are already working out some of the bugs. So as a part of that, we'll have to introduce a certain mechanism. Now, this solves one part of it. The other part is going to be, okay, well, how do we take care of the uh, potentially the untethered tokens that we're talking about, where you know you burn DFI and then you have the excess. Now, these are things that can be, actually be decoupled to into two different things, and the other one can still be iterated upon and then thought through 
while we have still, uh, while we can actually come up with a payback mechanism, which is linked to the Oracle and then go with that and on one side. Uh, now this, I estimate that this should not actually take more than a couple of weeks for us to even internally test it out and then roll it out. Um, again, but with holidays, with Christmas holidays, uh, all of this is going to be a little bit trickier to plan. But in terms of the quickest solution, quickest way where we don't disrupt things too, uh, too much, but still be able to achieve that goal of bringing the USD. And I think this is probably the best solution that we have at the moment. In terms of negative funding rate and all of these, I think there are a lot of active discussions around it. But those are things that I think it might make sense for us to uh, you know, mull over a little bit more because they are very large implementations from uh, purely from a technical point standpoint. And testing that, all of that is, uh, again, it's a lot more effort, not just by the core developers. Again, the community needs to come together after that as well. Uh, because at the end of the day, it comes down to game theory. Testnet can never uh, go close to the actual mainnet because there are just a lot of variables in play, right? So we can, we can never be sure that, okay, something works on testnet. So, okay, it must work on mainnet. It's just never going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, one thing maybe also um, I, I want to add on here, what would be the process, right, to be, to be implementing that? So I want to quickly explain that also so that uh, just like people get a bit of an idea on, on all this. Um, the, so if like the community feels, you know what, this is actually a, a, an issue that should be dealt with in an emergency manner, then we as a community should call for an emergency DFIP, DeFi chain improvement proposal, right? Normally those DFIPs, like they take like a month or two. So it's like really a long-term kind of issue. Um, but that's on these planned structured things. Like, uh, do we want to have a Ethereum virtual machine as a second layer? Do we, do we want to have NFTs, right? These are all long-term strategies. They don't need to be dealt with tomorrow. Maybe people say, you know what, this is actually an issue it doesn't have to be dealt with tomorrow, right? I mean, it's fine. I mean, yeah, sure, there's a premium. So what? Like, that's fine, right? And if people say that's not an issue, great. Then let's not, like, let's not call for an emergency DFIP. Let's give it time. Um, it can be done in the next voting round, which is going to be someone, I think, uh, end of January or something, um, six weeks. Then, then it's going to get voted on. Or maybe people say, let's not vote on it. Let's just leave it, right? Fine. Um, and then it's going to get implemented a couple of weeks later, right? Because before that, the team wouldn't start working on it. So maybe it would get implemented by the end of February, March. So give it about three months just as a safety buffer right now. Um, and then that would also define that we come up with an idea that we would actually put up for a vote. We could put up all the ideas for a vote and then have the masternodes vote on all those ideas. Um, that would be a suggestion, right? Um, the other thing is if the community says, you know what, that's actually an emergency uh, DFIP because we really need to solve that because at the moment all the DFI holders are being hurt because it would be so much better if uh, DUSD would be a dollar and all the de decentralized assets would actually like fluctuate way closer around the Oracle price. Uh, that's an emergency because it affects everyone and we would like it, it. We would really love to put this to a vote like as fast as possible. Then we would put up a vote. I'm I'm absolutely fine in in paying for the for the DFI for that, but we would still have to do an official uh, DFIP. Either we put up all the DF uh, the all the proposals for the for a vote, um, or we just put the one that I don't know. We feel that there's the best sentiment around it, and I'm not saying that Baltasar suggestion has the best sentiment, but so far uh, from what I've seen on in the various channels, I think his proposal had the best sentiment from all of them, right? There was also a Twitter uh, vote that I saw today where his proposal was the highest up. We still would have to put up uh, an emergency DFIP. 
this could be done super, super quick, right? Then all the masternodes would vote on it, either reject it or approve it. If it goes through, then the tech team can start working on it and we could see a, a, an upgrade to the protocol like quick, relatively quick, right? Um, as you've heard, Prasanna. But I just wanted to explain the, the, the flow in all this, right? So again, this is not like, uh, I don't know, uh, we like doing this and now we, we upgrade. Actually, this is really like we have never done that and this is not the kind of style but um it, again it comes down to uh do we want an emergency dfip no we don't maybe we need to wait a bit um maybe we just like like uh, santiago said uh it's too difficult to decide right now let's just i don't know let ha let's have everyone think over over the week uh, over the holidays and then in january we 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 can still decide this right I, again i don't want to be the one pushing into one or the other direction i want to kind of throw in the ideas Obviously, my personal thought on this, right? That's purely my personal, and maybe Mark or um, or Santiago, whoever can also share their thoughts. This is an open discussion. I would have, I would love to deal with this like as fast as possible. I think this is important. I think, for example, when we talk to Coin Market Cap, hey, do you want to list DUSD? They look at DUSD and they're like, you're kidding, right? That's like a dollar thirty. That's not a dollar. Like DUSD, like we, like the other stable coins we're listing, they're like a dollar cent, uh, 99 cents, but not like a dollar 30, right? Um, when we talk to exchanges and we're like, hey, do you guys want to list D token? Like, do you want to list D Tesla? And they look at D Tesla and they're like, dude, like on the market, it's like Tesla is 950, your D token. Like, it doesn't have to be tracking it by like the cent, right? But dude, like people are not going to buy something that's like 30% more because they will look at Tesla, right? So it can be a bit higher, it can be a bit lower. That's absolutely fine. But like, it can't be like off by whatever. Right. And so I personally feel this is an emergency. I feel it is hurting my DFI holdings. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this. Maybe it doesn't. Right. And we should just all be super cool about it. I would be absolutely okay if this was an emergency DFIP. In my opinion, we have never had a situation like that before where the blockchain is not like it. There's no immediate risk to the blockchain, but there is a a a a a, a strong incentive or a strong benefit if this issue gets solved. Um, and so that is a bit of my personal thought. Again, if the community says, no, we're not dealing with this. I mean, sure. Uh, I, uh, then look, it's going to be a long-term project and it's going to get solved at some point, I'm sure, but I would love to solve this. So that's a bit of my personal thought on this. Uh, Mark. Yeah, Julian, um, everybody out there again, um, I think it's quite urgent to deal with the problem because let me paint a little bit of picture. I think when you founded this project with using together, the idea was to enable people to trade decentralized on the blockchain. And at the moment we are discussing how we fix the engine to get from A to B. I think we have to sort this out before we actually can really focus on marketing and promoting the project to the world out there as a decentralized trading platform for decentralized assets. As long as we haven't solved this problem, we cannot really move forward in promoting our core product, come in and trade on DeFi chain. The liquidity mining and staking, this is a nice thing to have, but that's not the ultimate goal of DeFi chain for me. For me, it's really decentralized asset trading. And as long as we haven't fixed the engine, we cannot even start entering the race for decentralized asset trading. So I think it's absolutely urgent. And I hear a lot of people out there that are really uncomfortable about these premiums because they don't have the knowledge about understanding what happens if the price gets uh, balanced out and how does this premium affect my holdings and all these things. So I think just for pure confidence of the investors out there, I think it's super urgent to solve this. I don't say we have to do it tomorrow, but I wouldn't wait 
and lose months over it. I would really say come together, put the smartest brains to the room, make a, make a, make a, come up with a proposal and then vote on the best proposal. That would be my personal favorite. Uh, Ugor, um, you also uh, asked to speak. Uh, any Ugor Ister, that's what I see as the username. I don't know if that's correct. I, yeah, it's Ugor, but that's fine. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, first of all, I wanted to say this really quite awesome and potential, and I was super excited and I had to get into it. And I think it needs some fine tweaks to get it really to reach that potential. But it's very cool that there's this discussion to make it happen. And yeah, I wanted to touch upon some points you mentioned. So first of all, um, on the point where you mentioned one option would be you can pay back uh, with DFI, the D tokens you minted and took out. And that's cool. And you mentioned it could be um, made so that one pays a premium of like 1% or something like that. And I wondered, would it, would it then be like the exchange rate between DUSD and uh, DUSDC would be like $1? Or would it be like it's 25 or 30% more expensive and then you pay a premium on top of it because then it would be quite expensive. So uh, that's one point I wonder about. Um, yeah, then uh, another thing is, I let also me, like why, the... why, let, let me jump in right there and then you can discuss yeah, the sure. second point. Um, I mean, if the, if the arbitrage works, right? And I think from every one that looks at the solution right now in, um, in, in, in all the solutions that were suggested, right? They all, in my opinion, we are very confident that it would actually arbitrage the price. So for example, the DUSD to USDC price would actually be very close to one. Um, I think we're all very confident that this would happen. I think the main concerns are more on what would be secondary effects. How much would be those untethered uh, D tokens and what kind of effect would that have? Um, what happens if the D token price drops way below the Oracle price? How would the D token price ever get pulled up? Because getting it down obviously becomes very easy now because you can just arbitrage it via the, the loans via DFI. But how do you get it back up? And mm. that is always that has always been a bit of the, the secondary questions, right? So um, that has been more of a discussion rather than the, the doubt that it wouldn't arbitrage, in this case, DUSD to a dollar. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. I wonder if it would help if one could get then a DUSD at a then more expensive price at a centralized exchange or somewhere where it would always be locked like to one dollar. And then if it's uh, cheaper on the DeFi exchange, then you would just get it, you know, cheaper from the DeFi exchange, sell it there and the other way around. I mean, um, yeah. So as soon as if any centralized exchange, right, would offer a, I mean, with DUSD, it would be the easiest to imagine to offer kind of any kind of free flowing pair out there. That would be imaginable, but that would not solve any of the other D tokens because I just don't imagine that there will be someone actually offering an arbitrage for D Tesla to actual Tesla. Um, mm. And actually, if someone would offer that, um, we would probably have to be very, very clear that this is a very centralized effort by one exchange and not a community effort uh, because, uh, yeah, in theory, um, that could make D Tesla. Um, a security if the arbitrage mm. would be way too strong, right? So that's just something to think through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how to handle it. Ideally, with the other D tokens, I was just thinking about the DOSD one. Um, yeah, that's definitely something to think more about for the other D tokens. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, on the other points, I like the idea of burning DFI and the payback 
matter because burning stuff is always good for the price, I think. <laughs> so that's nice for the DFI holders. Um, yeah, I also like the 100% collateral loan option because that's one of the aspects which uh, reduce the attractiveness of the whole offering for me a bit after experimenting with it that, you know, you have to put in so much collateral and I have, want to put in um, uh, like three, two, two, three times of the minimum so I'm safe, you know. And then I can basically only invest with one third of my uh, total money. And I always want to invest more with it or I have more of my money work for me. So I wonder if another option could be like that inside the vault the, for the collateral you put there, you could have staking too, you know, for the DFI. That would be super awesome <laughs> because then I wouldn't worry as much that I have to put two thirds of my money there because it still has staking and I can, you know, invest one third in, into the pool and that would be awesome. I mean, let, let me ad address that. I think that's a very interesting discussion. And I had this discussion with many of you. Um, and that was a discussion. Um, and I think you're adding two questions into one. So let me address both. Um, mm. The very first one would be 100% um, loans. The, the only issue I have with 100% loans, and DC is very opinionated about this and many others as well. Many people already have an issue. And I probably count myself to that as well, but not as strong. I have already an issue with the 150% loans. Mm -hmm. We did switch them on because they were in the pink paper. And so that's why they had to be switched on um, as a community. But I still see a bit of an issue because a lot of the untethered tokens that are already being created are actually coming from those 150% loans where the collateral just drops so fast. Uh, and sometimes with the volatility, this happens that when they're getting liquidated and then uh, people are bidding on them, there's just no incentive in bidding on them. And then they're basically in this constant limbo of mm -hmm. not being bid on because the collateral is just too low in comparison to the loan, right? And so on the 100% loans, you would have this even way more. And so I personally just think this would actually aggravate the issue. So if it was up to me, right, I would actually say we either go for Balthasar's solution with paying back in DFI or we go for the 100% loans, but not both, because I think that would just aggravate mm. the solution. So that is a bit of the suggestion there. Um, the other suggestion is to actually offer, I think with staking, it's a bit trickier, but you could offer liquidity mining tokens from BTC and DFI and, and, uh, and uh, Ethereum and so on. You could offer adding them into the collateral, right? So... That would be a very interesting one so that those D tokens, uh, these uh, liquidity pool tokens from uh, DFI BTC could actually then be added because then what's going to happen is um, otherwise people, like people have two options, right? Um, either they just hold them or they actually lock them up as collateral. So mm. it would then actually be a very interesting kind of way in how the kind of mechanics would work. Um, again, this is just a thought. I'm not saying this is thought through. There's probably 60 problems with this idea that we would have to think through. I've had discussions with a lot, a lot of people and we tried to poke, poke holes and um, I don't see that many holes right now. But I'm sure there are, but I think that would also solve a little bit of this issue that uh, people don't want to uh, create uh, uh, loans um, uh, because they they would rather buy use their assets to buy uh like the, the D tokens on the decks, but that would actually be something where you would have a collateral that you can't really use on the decks because if you use it on the decks, you don't get your liquidity mining rewards. So that would be an interesting kind of model, um, especially if you then go and say, you know what, um, you could use um, D tokens as the 50%. So you would use 
DFI as 50% and you would use the D tokens for the other 50%, suddenly now it starts getting interesting because now even though the loan collateral is still like 150% or more, but now since you're basically double dipping, you're dipping on the liquidity mining rewards, for example, on Bitcoin, and at the same, now you can start dipping into the DEX report, uh, into the decentralized assets parts. Now suddenly it becomes very interesting from a percentage point of view. Again, I'm not saying this idea is thought through. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think that in this emergency uh, DFIP, um, like such experimental things should get included. I think it's really about like a very simple solution that maybe is not going to solve everything perfectly, but it's going to make the situation way better than it is right now. Um, rather than saying, you know what, let's wait now six months, um, have everything perfect because perfect is the enemy of execution. Let's have it really, really well done. It's not going to be perfect. Um, and then we can actually have a structured DFIP that will then have like a gradual testing, gradual improvement. That would be a bit more my preference in all that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, first of all, let's solve the DUSD imbalance. And then the other thing, the very interesting thing, yeah, that would be very cool to do, you know, in the next few months or sometime. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have all the talk be centered around my point. So yeah, look, let's go with you guys. I, I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, Maurice, Maurice, you also came in. I, I, I know you had a lot of opinions up front already um that you shared um it would be great if you shared them again uh kind of try to poke holes into the ideas um yeah exactly thank you um so i mean just if you're if you're trying to do arbitrage it's important that you can close the whole cycle right so basically you get into the coin and then you get out of it again instantly now with uh the new idea of baltasar it's really nice because we'll get rid of the premium immediately. The problem is if it creates a discount, then it's not instant anymore. We'll have these mechanisms in place like a DEX fee or the 99% vault rule that will help over time to either burn token and take, take care of that oversupply and take care of that discount. But if you're if you're trying to do arbitrage, then you have to think about it. If um, the DUSD is cheaper now, then I want to buy on the decks, but I also want to get rid of them again as soon as possible. And my worry here is that that's not really thought through at this point because we're thinking about this premium too much. We're not really thinking about, okay, we get rid of the premium instantly, but what happens with the discount? Now we're just working on measures that will over time reduce the discount, which is what we did with the premium here. We thought, okay, you know what? People will mint the USD and then just short them and that will bring down the premium and it didn't work. And I'm just a little worried that it will go the other way around. And I, I just want to put that word out there that we're really careful and really run a model through to be sure that this arbitrage is done quickly. Also on the way up, you mean not only on the way down, but also on the way up. Exactly, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's a super uh, valid point, Santiago. Yeah, maybe maybe I could tune in. Um, we talked uh, we talked a lot now about the the solution Baltasar um, proposed, and I think this is a, a great opportunity. But I agree to Maurice, and and I'm not 100% convinced yet. Um, maybe we can talk about the disadvantages of the negative interest rate because. Um, my feeling now is that 
the only negative aspect about implementing a flexible interest rate, which, which can be positive or negative, depending on the amount of D tokens uh, on the DEX and, and depending on the, on the price, whether we want to uh, push the price to, um, it's actually just the time of implementing it and uh, realizing it on technical side. Let uh, me, let, Santiago, let me jump in here. Um, I think the, the point is really good. The problem is just that also a funding rate doesn't solve it because the funding rate only works on the loan. And the question here that Maurice has is any kind of arbitrage that like is happening with either the, it, it actually doesn't matter which solution you're looking at here. Uh, the only solution that would have an, a, a loan independent solution would actually be an arbitrage to an outside system. Because any arbitrage that's in, in the system, so either Baltasar solution or a funding rate or a, a, a minting solution is actually based on the loan. So the question here is always, what happens if no one wants to loan? Because as soon as there are people open loans, you can actually already increase the interest rate. So we could do this like as a community right away. We could say, you know what? Um, loans for minting are, I don't know, 50%. So you would have to pay back 50% more per year for opening the loan. The big worry that, for example, Maurice has is, and I mean, that was also the fear that Balthasar spoke up with. I tried to pitch a solution. I agree the solution is not immediate, but the solution would be to create some fee in the system. For example, the DEX fee, um, also the payback fee to the loan that would be loan independent. So your the, the funding rate would have exactly the same issue. Um, the funding rate would have the issue that what happens if no one opens loans and no one wants to buy the, the, the token on the DEX? That is the issue, right? Because as soon as no one wants to buy it on DEX, the price would go to zero, unlikely, but let's say, and there's no one that needs to buy back the token unless it has enough utility. And the utility is, I bet on the price going up or I uh, get liquidity mining rewards. The funding rate would not solve that. The only solution, if you want to address that specifically, that would solve a loan independent solution would be, in my opinion, the riskiest, also the most complex solution, which is an arbitrage to an outside system. And that would be, if you want to study that, the pickle.finance solution. They kind of started that, which, and just the explainer in very simple terms, um, for example, you have uh, DUSD and you have USDT. And whatever the imbalance is, the person who is willing to like take the unfavorable side is getting the rewards. The other person is not. So the pool would constantly go basically balanced out and that would constantly kind of balance out the systems. This system that's loan independent would only work for DUSD. It doesn't work for the other D tokens because unless you figure out some other utility in the system or some burn mechanism in the system um, that would kind of work this. I saw an interesting solution. The interesting solution was, and again, we can implement that, but this is definitely not an implementation. Um, and I'm sure Prasanna is going to say, this is definitely going to take months. Um, and that is the, the DFI wouldn't get burned um, for that you pay back in the loans, but these DFI would actually go into a pool. And whenever the DEX price drops, for example, 1% or 2% something under the Oracle price, these DFI would then come back and would immediately buy back those uh, D tokens and would basically burn those D tokens, right? So the, the DFI that get burned go into a pool and then as soon as the DEX price drops to low, D DFI buys back basically automatically with an algo on the DEX uh, and buys back the, the, the other side. So it's a, it's a very interesting idea. I think that is one where you have to really think this through. Um, to me, 
I don't see the issue of the D tokens dropping too low right now because at the moment the, the incentives are super high. I think there's a real question we need to discuss over the long term. One suggestion that I can bring in and that would solve also this issue is the concept of bringing futures to the blockchain. As soon as you have futures and you have bets basically on the future price, you would automatically always have an arbitrage system inside the system. Uh, I also want to mention bringing in futures is something that was on the roadmap of the white paper. It's not something that you should be expecting within Q1. This is definitely something that's going to take a little bit, but that would immediately have immediate arbitrage opportunities like right away because you would be betting on the, on the price spread, uh, similar how a cash and carry trade works on Bitcoin where you have guaranteed returns. So it would always lift uh, the, the, to the D token price uh, to the actual Oracle price. Um, I think this is really cool what you just mentioned with having burn DFI sort of as a reserve that then can automatically later be used to uh, fix issues when prices deviate in uh, the wrong direction. And I think I'm not 100% confident on that, but I think uh, Terra Luna, I think they have a similar system as well that they make sure that the UST of Terra Luna is always one UST uh, I want to just very quickly um, talk to you, Maurice, because the concern you have, I share it. I just thought about it right now. Let's just assume right now the DUSD price switches from a premium to a discount. What would happen right now is that I would immediately leave this Twitter call and I would instantly buy cheap DUSD to solve my, my to pay back my loan, you see, because I have DUSD open loan that I use to buy cheap DFI. So a lot of people did this arbitrage. And if we somehow get a discount in the DUSD price, I would be the first to very happily take advantage of this unique possibility the only question i have is at what extent everybody that used the arbitrage right now would then already have gone the other way around because whenever you do arbitrage at one point of time you have to go the same way back and we would certainly have this as a scope for security as a security margin so to speak what do you think about that Yes, I um, I agree. That's that's certainly the case in the beginning. But now if you think about it, if you don't have a loan anymore, I know we talked about uh, there might be a fee if you pay it back in DeFi. And now um, you have to kind of assume that a market is efficient at some point and people are, um, and individuals are acting um, rationally. And so... Um, then you wouldn't have the loans. Now, I know um, um, Julian explained this, and, and it's probably the case. But in the end, if I don't need any DUSD to pay back a loan, but I buy them anyway, then what, what do I do with them? I do, I do find, um, by the way, this um, proposal really interesting with um, the DeFi um, like, um, the extra pool that will... Um, that will basically um, correct an imbalance. But the problem I see there is, or at least, I mean, we'd, we'd have to work around that. Right now, the pool is DUSD to DeFi. And now I'm just wondering, would that mechanism continue to work? Because then you're basically changing 
the DeFi price. If it's DUSD, USDC, or USDT, I see that like immediately as a really good solution. But I'm just wondering, maybe I don't see it. Would that also solve it in the case that we have right now with the DUSD DeFi pool? I mean, um, I think the, the question always becomes, do we want to have a solution right now that's only for DUSD um, or that we want to have for all the D tokens? Um, if you want to look at a solution that's only for DUSD, then, I mean, there's many ways where we could go, I mean, all the way to let's remove DUSD at all and just use USDC or USDD, which is not a solution I would go for. Um, because I personally just think then suddenly we start relying on two U.S. companies uh, with regulatory questions. And, and I, I, again, I, I think that's tricky as soon as we go to the USDT, USDC route. Um, otherwise, um, if we really want to focus on DUSD first and then say, you know what, let's figure out the other things later, then first of all, we could just do the DFI um, concept uh, that Baltasar suggested only for DUSD and then do what DC is suggesting and many, many other people have jumped on is to use uh, DUSD for 99 cents um, as, a, as a collateral um, and then leave all the other D tokens out for now and just see how this is working for DUSD. In my opinion, I see very little, um, as long as there's any, 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 because all the other D tokens then wouldn't be able to be arbitraged, right? Um, it, they would all stay around, right? It's only DUSD. And then there will always be a demand for DUSD because you could use it always if it is at a discount. You can always use it um, if it's under 99 cents to create basically free collateral for the other D tokens um, because you will always get a premium in, in, in when you buy it. So let's say it's 90 cents. Um, you would always get 10% additional um, when you put it into a loan. So that is, again, that's a completely like separate suggestion, if people are uncomfortable in implementing that solution for all the D tokens, we could say, you know what? DUSD is the main used coin. Let's use the Balthazar solution for DUSD. Additionally, let's use uh, DC solution for put, allowing DUSD into the, into the vault at 99 cents. And then like I see like I see zero issue that DUSD would actually be under 99 cents or higher than a dollar and 1%. So it would always stay in between. And then the second question comes, okay, um, let's look at how this actually works out. Um, how many people are actually adding DUSD into their loans? Because that is a direct relationship in how often does the DUSD price drop under 99 cents? So how often is the D token price under 99%? That would be a very interesting first step if that would make everyone more comfortable to kind of push ahead with this. Now, we need to understand that doing so solves DUSD. It doesn't solve all the other D tokens. I just wanted to throw this in. But for DUSD, it's actually a very easy solution because it's used for all the pairs. And um, yeah, it would kind of be maybe a very interesting kind of playing ground. Maurice? Yeah, I actually, I agree with you. Absolutely. That's probably the least risky solution for now. Um, but just one more question about that um, DFI pool that would start buying back coins. So if DUSD is at a discount, meaning the DeFi price is then higher than it is on the market. So basically arbitrage through the Bitcoin, Ethereum pool or the USDT, USDC pools, correct? And so now you'd have this mechanism that it would make DUSD... Um, more expensive it would get it up to one dollar again basically reducing the DeFi price 
But at the same time, you'd have some sort of an automated mechanism doing arbitrage and messing around with arbitrage of the other pools. Or is, is that wrong? My that, thought. That, the, the thought, you're right, but you're not finishing the thought. The thought you fi have to finish is that the pool would actually always sell uh, DFI at the lower price, right? And would buy it back at a higher price. So the pool would constantly be empty in theory. If the pool would actually have to work, right? If they're like, if the, like, that is why I'm a bit pushing back against that solution, but I still want to throw it in. But like that pool would always be empty because it's super in an in an in an and a stupid arbitrage if you if you think about it because it basically uh, buys DFI high and sells it low because that's why you're basically going the other route, right? Because the arbitrages go the other route, so that pool always goes the bad route. That's how you have to finish okay. your thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes sense. so it's always empty. That pool is always empty. Um, and it's super inefficient if you think about it. So that is why I actually don't like that solution so much. But it's not about what I like. It's really about throwing in ideas and then debating them. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, are there any other thoughts? Uh, any other add-ons? Um, again, I like to me, I really don't want to like leave that... Uh, that Twitter space, like just with a, with idea sharing, right? What I would really expect people from that point is, um, like to voice the opinion in the Telegram channels and on Twitter. I would love to see a bit of a sentiment around an idea. Um, I would love to see if how confident people are personally. Again, I'm confident that it would actually work for all the the D tokens right now. If you ask me, how would this look like in two years? I would be less confident for the very simple reason that um, maybe the rewards are not as high anymore, that people would buy a D token just for the rewards, so they would only buy them for the price increase. But if they're not confident enough that the price would actually increase, they may not buy it, right? So it's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, so then at that point, we need to be sure that the D token always kind of has a price increase if the actual Oracle price has a price increase. It doesn't have to be in this exact same amount, but it has to happen. So if, if the Tesla price goes up by, let's say, 50%, the D-token price doesn't have to go up by 50%, but it has to go up, right? So you have to have some price exposure. It's absolutely okay if there's some difference. It's actually relatively healthy for it not to be a security. Um, it, yeah, or, I mean, if then people say, no, I'm actually not that confident right now, um, then maybe a, a, a weaker kind of solution would be to just do this for DUSD, offer DUSD in the loans at 99 cents um, in a later step, right? So that is to me not so much the emergency solution. The things that I would debate or discuss would be offering liquidity mining tokens as collateral, which is basically DFI and Bitcoin and, and allow them to be 50%, for example, of the loan. Then the other 50% always have to be DFI. Um, that would actually be a very strong use case. Obviously, having futures, right? Futures will will take maybe six to nine months, but that would be a very, very, very strong price driver. Um, these are and, and these are the thoughts that I would leave everyone with. I would love to see a bit the sentiment because um, at some point the question becomes: Do we call for an emergency DFIP? Do we not? Um, if we do, um, at what at what speed are we going to call this in three days? Um, I think this would easily be possible. But or do we say let's wait, let's leave Christmas over, let's do the the DFIP um, in January, uh, have the tech team implement that by the end of January? Like, what is the speed and the pace that that people would kind of go with? Um, I think that is, in my opinion, an an important point to leave this Twitter space with. And maybe you have other ideas, right? Um, I think the main concern people have right now is 
if there are no loans open, because everyone says, I don't want to have any loans, I think that's a very unlikely scenario. I also think it's a very unlikely scenario that people don't have interest in buying D tokens. I, I, I just don't see that. But again, I doesn't mean that I'm right. Um, how to avoid that, right? And, and my suggestion was have, have the 0.1 DEX fee, um, have a, a, a additional fee when people pay back in DFI to not have the efficient, like an efficient way to, to arbitrage, so that, to allow people to front run, which would open a float in loans. As soon as the loans are open, you can actually start charging interest. So suddenly the loans start grabbing. And so the risk is, is always this theoretical model. What if there's no loans open? And again, I think it's a very, very unlikely scenario, but we need to have a solution for it. Um, I saw someone unmuting. I, I only see the first letters, which is Bente. Um, do you have a thought? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, it's, it's Ben from the Accelerator team. Uh, thanks for letting me give my two cents to the discussion. Well, first of all, thanks to everybody participating. And I honestly haven't wrapped my head around uh, the whole issue. Um, I, I only noticed it but I, I didn't really dig into the issue of how to solve it properly. But um, I wanted to address the topic that um, I, I think Lord Mark also came up with this, with the emergency and do discuss Julian, um, whether we should, uh, um, we should uh, yeah, look at this as an emergency topic. And I, I just wanted to say from the marketing perspective, it obviously is not the experience we would like the customers to have at the moment they have, because um yeah, it's it's just to get into the decentralized assets isn't like as supposed uh, because you have to buy a premium and then um, the rewards are de decreasing and and so you you really have to evaluate if it makes sense or not. And um, looking at the roadmap we we want to do from marketing and and there's the brave campaign upcoming end of December at the twenty eighth. Um, it's obviously something we need to consider. I'm not gonna suggest that this needs to be an emergency topic, but it, it's just something that. Obviously, when we get new customers on on board, and then they um, they hear from DeFi chain, and then they they they, they dig into the, the 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 decentralized asset topic, and uh, I would just say that the experience is not as um, satisfying at the moment as it could be, and and this might be something that um, should be considered if we um, if we consider this to be an emergency CFIP or not. It's just something I wanted to mention, and I think. The, the rest of the accelerated team agrees that um, and we got some feedback from the community as well regarding that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something that um, helps us to sell the story better if if it's um, uh, yeah, if, if it's if it's uh, solved at least for 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 now. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's just what I wanted to mention. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's super valuable feedback because I know you guys. And I mean, I I know it's like a key point, right, on the marketing side. So uh, if you guys get that feedback, I think that's a, a super valuable one. Mm. Cool. Goran, uh, you on asked to speak. Yeah, thanks. Just uh, quickly, I just want to add to what was just said uh, as a voter. I think also what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing actually two issues we maybe should split. So when it comes down to voting, it would help me to um, look at a quick fix separately from a long-term solution. Or maybe mm. it's a multi-stage implementation. So maybe we want to split it up that may facilitate the whole voting process because other people or some people who may look at a, a manual a solution for a quick folks, a quick fix that includes a manual arbitrage, they may not like it and vote against it. But if they see there's also a long-term solution in the pipeline, potentially, you know, um, then maybe they're more likely to 
approve the quick fix and then um, you know keep their hopes for the long-term solution. And maybe the second um, point I want to make here is you know because we talk so much about arbitrage, and um, me personally, I don't like the arbitrage within the system. You know, obviously arbitrage with external systems is always important, but uh, I think it'd be a good question whether we want to implement arbitrage as a as a use case feature or should rather be more like an automated reconciliation process in the background. And I would rather go for the latter solution. Uh, arbitrage to me should not be a, a feature that people would use manually and, fear and benefit from when it comes to arbitrage between the tokens within the system. I'd rather have it done behind the scene and rather focus on the other uh, features. I mean, I I love your your feedback here, Goran. Uh, let me let me give you maybe and again one time. I'm just putting on a bit of the business hat, and one time I want to put on the legal hat. Um, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I've had probably more legal discussions in the last uh, years than uh, I don't know I should have. So on the business side, I love that idea on you know um like move fast, reiterate, improve, uh, rather than trying to start perfect. Right? I I love that. I think I I I'm. I don't know. I've always lived that. I, I would really love if the community kind of adopts that route as well. Obviously, one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to endanger the system, right? So um, again, I, I love having like going for a step. Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe we need long-term solutions. I love that. The second step, uh, the second point that you said about the arbitragers. So I'm absolutely fine in having that for DUSD, Um where I would totally propose that and I would totally endorse that. On the other D tokens, if you have any kind of system, and that's a real issue, and you've seen this actually on the Mirror Protocol, you've seen synthetics getting shut down, that is because they had these inherent kind of feedback loops that actually pegged the price to the Oracle price. And that is always an issue. One of the key ideas in the legal opinion on those decentralized assets. And I know that there's many haters out there who just don't understand it from a legal standpoint, but I just really want to explain that. There's three key focus points that make an asset, any asset, a security or not. Um, one, an, uh, sorry, that makes any kind of synthetical or mirror or decentralized asset a security or not. So I don't want to talk about what a security is uh, because that is that really depends on the jurisdiction. Uh, the U.S. has the Howey test, but I, I, again, so I really want to talk about like the, the 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 resembling of a security. And there's three steps on it. The first one is who can actually issue that, and uh, if it's uh, like an individual party or if it's a company, it's always more likely to become a security. If it is a blockchain or a community, uh, like it, it's very unlikely to be a security. If something is actually backed by or has partial backing by another security that makes it very likely to be a security. So that is why, for example, you couldn't like have the Tesla being backed by Tesla. You would always have to have it backed by any kind of free price movement, by rewards, by uh, crypto, and none of this is allowed to be uh, a security. So that is the second part. And the third part, now this is the essential part, there has to be independent price movement between one asset and a security. Um, and, and that is key, independent price movement. And if that aspect becomes algorithmically, algorithmically backed, then you have a more a higher chance that, for example, D-Tesla is seen as a security. Now, it's none of these things are a guarantee, but it's all about probability. And like you look at synthetics, that's the reason why synthetics basically delisted all their, their D-tokens, because in my opinion, they really overstepped the boundaries. And that is why also when you look at Mirror, right, they had a subpoena, in my opinion, 
they are now changing a bit in the other direction. When you look at their learnings, they are also looking into how to improve this. And I just think we shouldn't risk going too far on that legal side because one thing you really don't want to do is you don't want to get the regulator. Like DeFi chain will get the regulator's attention. I'm 100% sure um, because we're going to get larger. And we're going to get more uh, popular. And we will have haters who will complain about DeFi chain. They will go to the SEC and say, hey, listen, guys, the FD Tesla, isn't this, isn't this correct? Like, this will happen. You will have to understand it, right? Anyone that becomes more important and more valuable, like you will attract haters. And these haters will always try to get you down and they will complain. So we have to be sure that all of those things that we do as a community are as like giving the regulator, like the, anyone can complain and the regular can always say, hey, th there may be something, but you want to give them as little substance as possible. And one part is to have this human aspect where, especially not on DUSD, but on the other D tokens, where you give them enough human aspect to say, yeah, look, um, people can actually arbitrage, but it's not perfect. It's not a, a an efficient system. There's a lot of inefficiency. Uh, sees, look, uh, the, the, the Tesla reference price moved up. Um, the D Tesla price didn't. The regular uh, Oracle price moved up by 10%. D Tesla, I don't know, moved up slightly only. Um, Tesla moved down, D Tesla didn't, right? You want to have those inefficiencies that actually make it way, like way stronger of a case that uh, D tokens are not security. So I just wanted to bring this in. While I generally agree with you and on DUSD, I'm absolutely okay in vote for this. I would be a strong opponent on going this route for the other decentralized assets. Um, I just want to unmute y Yusuf here. Um, okay, he left. Sorry. Oh, there was an error. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Are there any kind of final thoughts on this? Um, various options to go forward. Um, option one, we're going to do another um, Twitter space maybe a bit later in the week. Give everyone to have the opportunity to discuss this. I mean... Um, I think uh, setting up these Twitter spaces is super easy. It takes about an hour of our time. I think this should be absolutely worth it. I'm totally fine in investing this um, this week. So we could do this a bit later. It gives everyone a bit of a chance to debate those things, discuss those things. Um, I think um, the risk about it is we're losing a few days. A few days may compound to a lot, right? I just want to, like, people thinking that they, like, uh, like, looking at business, right? And I know that the blockchain is not a business, but in a business every day counts, seriously, because every day you can add customers, customers compound, uh, happy customers tell other people about the, the service and the product, it compounds down the line, right? It's the typical Warren Buffett concept, uh, a dollar I'm spending today is worth thousands of dollars down the line. It's the same thing here, right? So like, if you think, oh, it doesn't matter, three days here and there, who cares? It does matter. It matters maybe on the growth side. It may obviously it matters on the marketing side. It may also matter in the in the other way where maybe we're doing something too quickly. I don't want to always speed up the person pushing for stuff, right? Um, in in business, uh, people know that that work with me. I'm always someone who who pushes more aggressive, tighter timelines. Be faster, be quicker. I I always think uh, you either faster you lose. Uh, second best is the first loser. I always think that. But again, in a decentralized ecosystem, it's a bit different. Um, so we could have another discussion. I mean, today is what day? Tuesday. So we could have another discussion maybe on Friday um, or Thursday, give everyone 48 hours, right? Do another call uh, on, on Thursday, give a bit of an idea. Maybe we have sharpened our thoughts, have sharpened our ideas. Option one. Option two, 
um, we are very opinionated about it. We're like, you know what? That's the right option. Let's go for that option, whatever that option is. Um, if that is the sentiment, then voice it, right? And then let's call for an emergency TFIP, right? Or it goes the other way and it's like, dude, like don't overrush things here. This is not thought through. Um, let's wait. We can do this in January, February. Um, yeah, that's it, right? Um, yeah, these are kind of how to go forward. I think um, one thing I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not open to is just calling for DFIP right now um, because, again, I don't want to be the, the person who's pushing for an emergency DFIP where this actually should be more of a community effort. Um, I'm, as I mentioned, I, I think that's my opinion. If it goes for a, a DFIP, um, and it's Balthasar's solution, then Balthasar should be the one actually opening the DFIP. I'm absolutely fine in paying for the DFI. Uh, I, I I don't think Balthasar has to pay for that. I'm absolutely fine uh, in paying for that. But I think he should be the one who's opening it. Then I think we should open, uh, we should vote. If people feel that the other votes, uh, the other opinions should also come up for a vote, I'm also okay in paying for those DFIPs so that we all have like a really fair kind of solution and fair vote. Obviously the issue then becomes what happens if two of those DFIPs get approved um, but that is a bit of the the idea here. Um, yeah. Are there what are other kind of uh, persona? Uh, yeah. Thanks, Julian. So one thing that I just wanted to add on is uh, to just zoom out a little bit, right? So if you're searching for these perfect solutions, you know that's just never going to be there. And you know some of the great ideas. Uh, you know, like I think what Julian mentioned about pooling, I think that was a very interesting idea. And even in fact, today, liquidation penalty is something that we can potentially pool and that we don't there at the moment. So there are a lot of these kind of factors there, but implementing it is again, implementation is in itself going to be a short period of time. But what we want to consider is like, how long do we want to test? some of these ideas and how, uh, in, if, if, particularly if you're going in chain, uh, it's algorithms on chain, then those are things that we want to take time to make sure that all of the pooling algorithms work well before you know fully uh, letting it and uh, unleashing it on mainnet. So uh, what I want to kind of uh, point to is now, you know, if we have a solution that can help us get 80% of the way rather soon, and with a much simpler technical implementation, I personally would be biased to go there. And uh, simply because of the other fact that even if we, if we are having similar discussions six months down the line, you know, we are still gonna be having challenging uh, scenarios that we are discussing about. If we don't, then we probably aren't pushing the boundaries enough, right? So I just want people to keep that in mind as they as they figure out the larger sentiment on, do we you know keep taking our time to come up with that perfect solution or solve part of the problem and then you know keep iterating on it in a way as long as it doesn't endanger the system, which I think was an important point that Julian mentioned earlier as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. Just wanted to throw it out there. I love that you say that, especially as an engineer, because uh, most of the time, uh, yeah, uh, engineers are the very cautious kind of movers. And I love, uh, and that's why working with you, Prasanna, is so great. Because I think you are someone who can uh, balance uh, speed from like going for the 100% overly perfect. Uh, it's going to take years to actually do kind of route. So uh, I, I think that's really good input. Uh, I love that. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't love to sit. I would love to sit on it, <laughs> but I don't think it would be happy. Yeah. 
if I, if I may just real quick. So basically the bottom line um, that, or my key takeaway is that the proposal currently that I like the best is uh, Baltasar's idea combined with DZ's version with like the 0.99 US dollars in the vault. I am fairly confident that that could work, that that could actually establish a decent PAG. And it seems like it's also doable rather quickly. And if it doesn't work, then you can you can pivot, right? So I kind of like to go in that direction, especially since we have long-term options such as maybe an exchange, an, an exchange will list the USD, then you have outside arbitrage, it will be very stable, or you have futures coming in, in like the next couple of months, six to 12 months or whatever. So we do have the ideal solution coming or we're working on that and we can get a quick solution with this right now. So I, my personal opinion that, that that's it. Yeah. Would you uh, do the Balthasar solution only for DUSD or would you do it for all the D tokens? Um, and then for DUSD, obviously DC solution on top, or would you say only DUSD for now? Uh, what is your, what will be your preference? I would say DUSD for now. So we can see how it works. Also, just uh, the risks that you mentioned with um, the other tokens being a security. I think that there's a chance that that's a little risky, but it's a little um, unknown territory for me. But I would start with DOSD, see how it works. If it works very well and we have the time to discuss the legal impacts of that strategy overall, then I think you can also propose that later on to, to, do, to implement that with the other tokens. Prasanna, how complicated is the... It, would that be uh, only for DUSD? So uh, have the DFI payback model. Obviously, like we can have it like ready for all the D tokens because I would assume it's very easy, but only activated for uh, DUSD in that hard fork. And then additionally allow DUSD at the fixed 99 cent collateral uh, collateralization. How how complicated would that be? Not not like in time frame, but like in, in executional from a tech standpoint and, and everything. Uh, from a tech standpoint, I think the way we would approach it is we would approach it as a generic solution for all tokens, but just have it enabled for DUSD. So I, I think from both of these, both of these are equal in terms of how I would look at it. And in terms of implement, in, in terms of time frame as well, I think this should be fairly simple because all we are modifying is the payback mechanism and then we're not touching anything else. So it's a shorter surface area for us to test and then approach it. How uh, complicated is the change on the DEX fee to have like a, like the 0.2% right now that is the DEX fee that goes to the liquidity miners that only 0.1% go to the liquidity miners and 0.1% gets burnt? Is that complicated or would that be like a, a system that's a bit more complicated? That is not a system that I would uh, prefer to touch in in a very short time frame. Okay, because there mm -hmm. are a lot of pool is in, intricately connected to a lot of different systems sure. at the moment. Yeah, sure. So that could be something that could be discussed on a more long term thing, but not so much on the on the emergency one. Yeah, but on DSD, DUSD, it would be if it is used in the in the uh, for the backing. Anyways, it would be fairly fairly like safe to say that it's unlikely for DUSD to drop under ninety nine cents. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Quite uh, interesting feedback. Okay. I actually, um, I mean, uh, like I am fairly convinced on that. Uh, like if that would come up to a vote, I would probably vote on that as well. I think the DOSD um, is, a, is a good uh, 
low risk, high reward testing ground, um, I think we can be fairly certain that the price wouldn't uh, wouldn't go much above a dollar. Um, and uh, with DUSD being able to be used as collateral, it wouldn't drop much below 99 cents. There's just not much incentive for it to drop lower because then you would immediately have an have an incentive to add it to the uh, you, you can buy it and then you add it to the to the loan um, and then it's actually a super uh, easy one and since you need it uh, you could use it for all the other D tokens and the other D tokens don't have uh, the arbitrage opportunity at the beginning um, yeah there's a very strong incentive mechanism there okay I actually like that I think that's very interesting um, I see Mark. 76. Let's see if uh, some suggestions or input. Um, in the meantime, uh, what about Balthasar, Lord Mark? What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I know you guys have like put a lot of thought into this. How do you like like this suggestion of going, like, let's call it the Balthasar Lite version, uh, where we start with DUSD only? Um, um, it's actually more, yeah, Balthasar Lite and DC version uh, Lite. Um, I think that's kind of the the solution here. Uh, how do you how do you like that, or what do you think about it? I really like the idea. I think we shouldn't get hung up over a situation that we think we can fix it forever. I think we really have to move forward. Uh, we we are a new territory here. This has never been done before in that way, and I think we have to take a little bit a leap of faith here and move forward, and 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 come up with a solution and then adjust it on the way. I think we should really not overthink it. Doesn't mean we have to just code it out tomorrow and uh, hard fork it the day after, give it one or two days to think about it and also let the developers really think it through from the from the technical perspective, how is it doable. But I should think a fast move is a great thing. And then all the problems that we face later, uh, really tackle them on the way if they happen. I, I, I feel very confident that it would be a great solution and it would give confidence, it's like Ben also mentioned for the marketing side, Really awesome if you come down with the premiums. People will, will understand it. They would not be over confused about the prices. And I, I'm happy with it. I think I think it sounds really good. I'm I'm really happy with the discussion today. It's awesome. Yeah, I think the longer I think about it, I also like that Baltasar DC Lite version. Um, mm -hmm. just because also it gives us a good feedback loop on. I think we're all very confident it would drop the premium. I think it would give us a very good indication how much discount will there actually be because the discount should be directly linked to the price either staying under 99 cents of DUSD or the amount of DUSD that's being put into the into the vault. So it would actually be a very nice indicator um, while at the same time, like it, it, it should work very well for DUSD in that case. Um, and then we could learn from that. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually like that. Baltasar, what do you think about your, your Baltasar DC light solution here? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I had some doubts. I think we found a solution to address that. And I think it's a quite good system because we have sort of limited downside, but we have fairly good upside. And we can still implement further on additionally for the other tokens. So I think this is quite good. Cool. Mm. There was uh, one person I'm muting, Starsh B. I cannot see the rest of the name. Uh... Yeah, please, uh, if you want to share a few, few of your thoughts. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just thinking um, if you will remove the premium from the DUSD, you will just shift the premium to the other assets, right? So this 50% nearly premium, which is split now between the D assets and the DUSD to get from DeFi into the, the assets. 
will just shift to the other DSS if you just fix the DUSD, right? Um, not really, because it would actually shift the arbitrage via DFI, right? So it wouldn't really go to the other D assets, um, because I don't see the flow going from DUSD into the other D assets. Let me think this through. I wouldn't see the issue there. I, I honestly I don't because like okay let let's think this through um the other assets right um the way they, they are arbitraged right now and that's why all of them are standing at around thirty three percent premium is because that is actually the one hundred fifty percent loan limit at the moment right so if whatever happens to DUSD the ratio from the other D asset to DUSD will always be around 33% because that is actually the arbitrage premium that people have for the other D assets uh, or D tokens. So that is why like, it wouldn't really change anything on the other D token because if DUSD gets arbitraged then the D token would just, the other D tokens via DUSD would just get arbitraged down via DFI. So it wouldn't really have much of an impact uh, on the on the other D tokens because they are gonna they're gonna keep getting arbitraged via the loans actually that's what's happening at the moment um, and that's when you calculate through that's why they are at about thirty three percent because that is the one the one hundred fifty percent loans where people just say you know what I'm gonna create a D token and I don't care about the loan I let the loan liquidate and that only works if the premium of the D asset or D token is actually over thirty three percent then that's when it pays off. So it would that that will always stay at that kind of premium. So then the the point then that's why the suggestion was let's bring down the collateral necessity to only a hundred percent. That would also uh, solve like the same problem. Uh, it it would keep a cap on the on the on the decentralized asset at a hundred percent. So at one, the problem is still the same. Uh, what happens if the price drops lower and no one wants to buy it anymore? So that is uh, so I don't see. Um, that, so that doesn't um, like that doesn't change anything um, as as far as I think this through or whatever I see. I mean, it, it's a good concern. Um, I just like that is the I, I I don't see the the issue there because like all the assets right now can get arbitraged to around thirty percent premium, thirty three percent. So that is the arbitrage limit. Um, and the question is, how do you bring it down to one? Um, and then once it hits one, then the problem is um, it may actually go in the other way where there's just so many, uh, you, you don't need any loans anymore because suddenly it goes, it drops low, below the, the Oracle price that people say, I'm not going to open a loan anymore uh, because it's cheaper to buy it on the DEX. It's a good concern. Um, I do think though that this is not an issue. Cool. Um, Cool. Then uh, I would suggest the following. Let's change the strategy here a bit. Um, it seems that most people actually feel the most comfortable with this Baltasar DC light solution. Um, let me summarize the solution. The solution would be we use Baltasar's suggestion of allowing DFI. I would add a 1% conversion premium. Um, this is very easy to, to implement. Um, uh, there's a 1% conversion from DFI into like when you pay back the loan. So that way you don't have to use, um, you, you, you don't have to use the DUSD to pay back the loan. You can actually use DFI plus 1%. So that is the cost. That should drop the price to a dollar and one cent. So it would actually not go under the uh Oracle price, it would actually stay slightly over because that is the arbitrage. So it would always stay a little bit just over. Um, 
and uh, and, and and that's kind of the the arbitrage, like just the slight edge there. Um, so it could actually be quite interesting uh, there. That's kind of the Balthasar model here. Those DFI get burned. That would actually be quite a significant burn because you can look at how much uh, uh, DUSD are out there and about uh, like um, a lot of, like about 25% of that, right? Would actually be paid back in DFI right away because that's the arbitrage. So that is a lot of DFI that get burned. Uh, I think quite uh, a strong signal. And then additionally, in order to give it a stability to the bottom, we add a DC suggestion of allowing DUSD as collateral as 50% of the entire uh, collateral, so USDT or USDC, and add the, uh, uh, DUSD, but add it at 99 cents. So it's uh, basically the bottom. So that way the arbitrage works to a dollar and a cent. Um, and then the bottom is at around 90 cents, uh, 99 cents. So there's like a 1% to the plus side, a 1% to the downside. So that would actually be a, a, a very nice range of just 1%. And that's uh, I think could be very strong. So that would be the, the Baltasar DC Lite solution that's only uh, available for DUSD. Um, maybe we all think about this, try to poke holes into this idea. Um, what could not make it work? What would be risks? I think we discussed pretty much everything on it right now. We are not looking into doing this right away for all the, the D tokens, only for DUSD. Um, then I think if we discuss this for the next maybe one or two days, if we still feel that there is a split sentiment, Maybe we should have a second Twitter space on Thursday. We can do this anyways. We can do this quite spontaneous um, and then do one on Thursday. See if there are any holes that we saw, any kind of feedback that we think was not good. Um, and then, yeah, we can call this for a DFIP relatively quickly afterwards. I, I, I really would highly encourage, just like many people here mentioned, to call for an emergency DFIP. Um, I also want to, like, if I put the cake DeFi CEO hat on the way we would do it there in order to limit work would be really to only get a yes or no answer from people and then cake DeFi would vote for the people because like generating all the signatures sending this to all the people is just way too much hassle um and it would not be possible in such an emergency solution but i think um since it's only one vote and it's only a yes or no solution um i think that's uh that would be fine um and then all the masternodes out there else uh would either approve or reject um, and then uh, we see the outcome. And then if it's a no, then the tech team doesn't get to work. And then we need to figure out something else because obviously it was a bad idea. Or if it's a yes, then the tech team uh, has some time to really implement this, test this, and uh, yeah, have this as a hard fork, um, I think, relatively soon. I like just also to manage expectations. Um, I mean, this is going to take probably a few weeks uh, from tech implementation so like i think the hard fork there would be somewhere early new year um also i wouldn't recommend doing any kind of hard forks now over um christmas or new year also think a bit about the uh always the bit of the the setback that uh, exchanges then have whenever there's a hard fork um exchanges always take a little bit to upgrade the node it always takes like a week or something so um i don't know if this is the the thing we want to give to exchanges right now then suddenly they're going to be offline for the entire christmas new year because they're like screw that i'm not going to upgrade the node right now i'm not going to do all the re-indexing and stuff so kind of keep this in mind i also think it's important to give bitrex and kucoin all the exchanges time to get online again with dfi so that uh, people can buy and sell on there um yeah, and then put this on a, like, actually 
put the hard fork in as a as a planned structured hard fork early January or something. Uh, whenever this this works in there, this should give everyone enough time for the testing for the for the planning. And then one thing that you will see, right? Some people actually start arbitraging like as soon as the DFIP is approved, right? Knowing that the tech implementation is gonna be like a few weeks afterwards, and then it's actually gonna slowly actually gonna drop the price because people are gonna get more and more confident that. DOSD is going to go to a dollar and then others are going to wait until the hard fork actually goes through. Um, so we actually should see the effects uh, over the days then. So that's kind of the idea. So that is kind of the, the Baltasar DC light solution. Um, if uh, if you think that we need to have like the full suite right away, uh, which is like, let's say, call it the Baltasar general kind of solution, which is let's just have the, um, the DFI uh, um, payback for all the tokens. Um, the upside is all the D tokens would get arbitraged. It would, I, I calculate it would be around 6 million DFI that would get burned. So an insane amount of burn. Um, obviously, I think we're opening a bit of a, a, a can of risk here uh, where maybe we're actually then going to see all the tokens at a discount. Um, I'm not sure. I agree with a lot of the, the other speakers here that maybe we are risking a bit too much for maybe the rewards right that we are getting. Um, and I'm someone who's a bit risk averse, so I would prefer taking a lower risk. Yeah, it may take, it may cause a bit lower returns, but it's better to have a, a higher kind of striking um, or a higher pitting, uh, hitting percentage um, than uh, just kind of gambling. So um, yeah, uh, but again, just want to throw this out there. So this would be like the Baltasar general solution, or if you want to go to the, all the other solutions here, um, like I mentioned, uh, having a funding rate. To me, the funding rate doesn't change anything to the payback in DFI. It just makes it a bit slower and a bit more complex. Um, so that is why, again, just want to throw it in there. You can also have token incentives, very similar to the funding rate. Um, the other option, having pools like uh, DUSD to USDC or something, that is definitely something that's going to take like months. Just keep that a bit in mind. Um, so yeah, these are the, the various kind of suggestions and solutions um yeah if you have if you think that others are better then just pitch this out there otherwise think this through let's give it 48 hours um po try to poke holes into especially the like i think there's not nothing riskier than having a room of agreement right having a, a room of consensus um be someone that tries to poke the holes in it um even if it's just trying to poke the hole but then even you realize, okay, the other person can actually refute it. That's a really good sign. Um, and then, yeah, let's uh, see a final discussion on Thursday. Then uh, that kind of gives us a really good kind of starting point to see, are we going to go for an emergency DFIP or not? Um, I think that's a really kind of good plan. Um, yeah. If no one else has anything to add here, then, uh, hey, this has been almost a two-hour Twitter space. My goodness, thanks so much for all your great time here. Um, we're uploading this as a podcast as well. I think this will also go on YouTube simply that people can listen in. There's no, uh, on YouTube, I think you only see the, the voice move. Um, but uh, yeah, this should really give everyone a good starting point. I really hope that everyone in the community has like a very good insight in this, sees the, the value and uh, kind of sees the confidence in how open we approach all those things and how these things are being discussed I hope there's great feedback on Twitter or in Telegram or in the various channels where you're communicating. Um, I try to uh, answer questions or interact as much as I can. Ho I hope that everyone else that was on this call that sees clear mistakes in, in thought processes out there also corrects people in a polite and constructive manner. 
Um, I know that there's always trolls and there's always haters, but that like, like that doesn't allow us to kind of go down to that same level. Um, we should always be there, be constructive and educate people about this great platform that we're building. And uh, yeah, with that, I really want to say thanks. Um, we're uh, planning basically like a bit of a discussion now uh, on various channels. Let's schedule another Twitter space in two days. Uh, probably similar time, I would say. I don't see the reason why we're changing too much on the time. And then, uh, yeah, this is kind of the final get-go. Uh, we see if people then come on and say, hey, look, this is what I saw. This is a real problem. Uh, we, we, we can't do it. Or people say, you know what? There was a better solution. Or people say, hey, I think we tried to poke holes, look super solid. We're very confident from an economic standpoint, tech standpoint, tokenomics, uh, games theoretical. Everything is good to go. Let's call for an official uh, emergency DFIP, uh, Masternodes vote, and then uh, hopefully, obviously, it goes through. I don't see the reason if everyone can't, then originally agrees, then it doesn't go through. But I think we should have that proper documentation from a blockchain community perspective. And then, uh, yeah, the tech team can get to work. So, yeah, with that, hey, I really want to appreciate all the fantastic uh, input, all the fantastic discussion. Thanks so much for your time. I very much appreciate that. Hear you all on the various socials and then on Thursday for a debrief and then hopefully a good to go for an emergency defib. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Have a nice rest of the day. Bye-bye.